Feeling better? Looking better? Making life better? It's Life Tips. Life, life, life. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Life Tips. Life tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to the Life Tips Show. I'm here with David Rome. David, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Friends, Romans, countrymen. <laughs> lend, <laughs> lend me your ears. Uh, but today we're not going to be talking so much about lending ears, more about Your Body Knows the Answer, a book that you wrote. How did you yes. first get in tune with the, the message of the body, shall we say? Uh, right. Well, um, my book is based on the work of Eugene Gendlin called Focusing, and I call mine Mindful Focusing. Um, so I discovered his work in the 1990s, and uh, it was very, very helpful for me. And uh, so then I turned around and started teaching it to others. How does your book differ from Eugene's? What What different tact did you take? Right. The difference is my emphasis on mindfulness, which comes out of the fact that I've been a Buddhist meditator since I was in my 20s. And so I brought together those two traditions, Eastern and Western, um, to to create a new um, integration called mindful focusing. How did you first discover the Buddhist practice? Well, I discovered it by accident. I was hitchhiking uh, in um, Europe one summer, and uh, my friend uh, said, hey, let's go to this Tibetan monastery in Scotland. And, uh, you know, that didn't mean anything to me, but we went, and uh, there I experienced meditation for the first time. And then shortly after that, uh, when I was back in uh, the United States, I connected with my teacher, Jogyan Trungpa Rinpoche. I've been to Scotland many times. Where in Scotland was this Tibetan monastery? It's in southern Scotland, Uh, but it's a very windy uh, uh, kind of um, landscape. Interesting. Back to your book. Um, How did you first sort of discover the power of the body, which I guess would be perhaps the right word to use, uh, and, and, and its ability to communicate with, with you. Right, yeah. Well, I think I had um, done the first half of that through the meditation work, which does bring you back to your body. Uh, but then when I discovered the focusing, that uh, helped me really connect with my feelings, uh, but specifically the way that the body holds the feelings, um, and where you can get a lot more information than just saying, I'm sad or I'm angry or I'm happy. How does the body learn about things? different from perhaps how our mind perceives things? Right. Well, that's a good question. The the body doesn't have to learn it. It already knows. It knows just because of the our experience in life and our whole history in life is already there in the body. It's just not there in a verbal kind of way. So is it a, is the body perhaps then is tune is in tune with things that are about to come? Is that correct? Uh, well, it, not in the sense of, of um, you know some kind of uh, psychic knowledge, but in the sense 
that the body always knows what it needs as a next step. Uh, it's always, um, the life process is always moving ahead. And uh, so there's that, this body knowing, which is, at, as I said, at a non-conceptual level, that you can actually tap into it. Mm-hmm. Is there, is this at all related to, or how does it differ from this notion of gut feeling? Uh, you could call it gut feeling. Um, you know, gut feeling is a broad category. Um, the focusing, the mindful focusing, gives you a very specific technique for actually cultivating gut feeling and really preparing the ground so that gut feelings or intuitive insights uh, can come, uh, even for people who are not very intuitive to begin with. Could you explain some techniques for cultivating that feeling? Yeah, the technique basically is that you have to bring your awareness inside your body and especially into your torso region, the the central part of the body. And uh, then you have to uh, be very gentle and patient and notice the kind of subtle and unclear sensations that are there, uh, which they are always there, but they're usually below the radar for most people. How do you learn to listen more carefully to what your body's telling you? Right. Well, you have to have uh, you have to be a good listener, just as you would have to with another person, which means really being receptive, not being judgmental, not um, you know suddenly going off on a train of of thought, but really uh, just being present and receptive and open, and allowing the body to begin sharing what it knows. We're so used to our bodies telling us the practical things in life, like hunger and pain or lust. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you teach yourself to learn about these subtleties, like should I take this job or not take this job, or should I do right. this or, you know, decision-making process? How, how, does, right. how does that paradigm shift happen? Right. Well, then that's the whole process of learning focusing. Um, the way I um, introduce it is with the simple question, um, how am I feeling? And, uh, you know, I can answer, oh, I'm feeling fine, I'm feeling good, I'm feeling tired. But then I say, uh, but how are you really feeling? And that creates a kind of gap where, well, how am I really feeling? You have to kind of stop, and you have to check somewhere, and that somewhere is in your body. Is there an opposite of mindful learning, like mindless learning? (laughs) Is that just pure luck when we are randomists to explain that paradigm shift? Well, I think that um, the focusing and finding the what's called the felt sense, which is this bodily knowing, um, always involves mindfulness. So mindlessness is where we're usually stuck, where we're just in our heads and um, kind of reprocessing what we already know. How can you really know if you're in too, fully in tune with 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 my the body and, and the understanding right right yeah well that's what you cultivate that's what you learn and it's a process like anything else that you have to practice um but you know what when you're in touch with what's called a felt 
sense, and it's different from just a physical sensation. It's different from an emotion. It's different from a thought. Um, but you you um, um, you become familiar with it, and then you find it more easily. Is it sort of an aha moment, like oh yes, I feel it. This this feels right to me. You know. Um, um, well, well. Once you are in touch with a felt sense, then you have to take time and let it really come into focus, which is why this is called focusing. Um, and then when it's there, you can then enter into an inquiry process with it. And that's when the ahas, the insights, um, start to um, show up. Will you be a better person and make better decisions with this practice? And if so, oh, I how? think so. How? I think so. For, well, for two reasons. One is you will be more in touch with your own deepest values, but the other is that the the body, again, the body knows more about your situation than the mind does. And so by it, it's holistic in that sense. So by getting in touch with that holistic knowing, you'll make better decisions uh, because you're taking more into account all the different facets of a situation, including ones that you're not consciously aware of. And that, that is true in work settings, business settings, leadership situations, uh, or whatever it might be. Fascinating. Let's take a quick break and back just a minute, everybody, and try to learn some more about some examples and success stories. Back in just a minute. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. ShipStation helps online retailers ship orders faster. It's so easy to set up and use. ShipStation gives you tools to automatically import, manage, and ship your orders in the most cost-efficient way. Save money with the best USPS rates possible, as well as a free USPS account. ShipStation integrates with all the most popular e-commerce platforms and shipping carriers. Get shipping done no matter where you sell or how you ship. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. 
want to change the content mix of your app, point click and it's live in real time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back, David. It's so great to have you on the show today. Thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm good to be here. Could you give us some examples uh, or stories of success that you've seen with this transition with, with some of your uh, study? Uh, yeah, I give an example in the book. I have a chapter on making tough decisions. Um, and the example I use is, is uh, from a friend of mine who had to make a choice between going on a ski trip and accompanying his wife um, when she was going to Washington, D.C. And um, it, he was very torn about it, very ambivalent about it. Um, and, you know, he could make the argument for either alternative, but it was only when he really got in touch with the felt sense that he discovered, um, you know, what what was really the right thing for him to do um, when taking everything into account. Huh. What did he decide to do? Did he go on a ski trip or go with his wife? He went with his wife, and it also involved staying with an old friend uh, uh, who had been a college roommate of his. And the realization was that although the ski trip would be kind of more adventurous and kind of fun, and he loved skiing, um, but that um, the value of the felt value of spending time with the old friend and the company and his wife actually was more important at this point in his life. Is there a scale of felt value? Uh, there is, yes. This goes back to the work of Eugene Gendlin at the University of Chicago. He developed what's called the experiencing scale, and it measures how much people are in touch with their actual felt experience versus just in their heads. And it has six different levels from you're not in touch at all to you're very much uh, in touch with your um, experience. What happens to us when we're not in, you know, when we're when we're in the low part of the scale, when we're we're not in touch with our felt right. value? Uh, well, we do fine in in, um, in um, you know, like. Um, practical or technical situations, um, but um, we completely miss this other dimension of life, and we get stuck in habitual patterns. We get stuck in what we already know, um, and we're not able to really uh, innovate. We're not able to get fresh insights, and uh, a lot of the kinds of challenges that we face in life, especially these days, require fresh insight, not just the same old stuff. When we're faced with decisions that are outside of our own palette of, of pain, if you will, um, and involve other people's pain, how does that figure into the felt value? I'll give you an example of that, if that would help, because yeah. it was kind mm -hmm. of a complicated question. Let's say somebody's responsible for uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the success of a company, and mm -hmm. the company's sure. not doing well and perhaps needs to lay some people off. 
Um, yep. That's an extraordinarily difficult decision to make because you have to think of not all of the companies working at the company now, but the companies, the, the employees that will be left after you lay people off and giving them the best of a chance to right. be successful. Um, yet, at the same time, you're laying people off. <laughs> So Absolutely. how does the felt value figure into those complex uh, matters? Yeah, well, as a matter of fact, that's one of the examples that I use in the book. Um, you, you have to take into account all of those different factors, um, understanding that um, you probably can't satisfy everyone's needs. Um, and... So, but but you have to take it all into account, and you know, in this case, if what you're doing is necessary for the good of the company, um, then you'll make the decision to let people go. Um, but um, you'll, rather than rationalize it or be aggressive about it, um, you'll have a, a quality that I call positive sadness. You know, there's an honest regret if these are good people, which, you know, usually they are. Um, and now there are constraints about, uh, you know, how much you can say and, and so forth. And so you can't always explain all your thinking. Um, but it's important that you feel that. That kind of keeps you clean inside. Are good decision makers and leaders high on the felt value scale? And, and if so, is this a characteristic of, of a highly effective person? Well, I think it is. I think it is. I think um, uh, good leaders especially are, kind of do this instinctively or they have the gut feeling of it. But the, the good news is that it's really something that can be developed. Um, and even if you have it, it can be uh, increased. Are there people that you think have some wiring in their minds that make them make it difficult for them to get in tune with these sort of gut decisions that you're describing that are part of Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and I think some of that probably is just, uh, I don't know, genetic or biological. Um, And so it's easier for some folks, you know, like when I'm teaching this, some people get it right away, and other people it takes quite a long time. Uh, But everybody can get it. Everybody can make this discovery and cultivate this ability. What obstacles other than genetic wiring have you seen? Um, for example, will trauma or some, something that's happened to somebody often block their ability to see the, 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 the best path uh, to, to find? Uh, there's no question that, that trauma it can be an obstacle. Um, and, you know, when you're working with trauma, generally it's best to, to have a, a therapist or some kind of counselor or guide that you work with because you don't want to fall into re-traumatizing yourself. Um, and in general, even if it's not trauma, per se, um, there are parts of ourselves that they call it are dissociated that, you know, we're just not in touch with, we're not aware of. And so that can be a, a big obstacle. But um, what you do in the focusing process is you go very carefully step by step and in a very, you, you have to be friendly to yourself and not go further than feels safe um, right now. But over time, you become able to um, go a lot deeper and, and be with uh, difficult feelings and situations that you weren't able to before. 
Does the ability to laugh or criticize at yourself have anything to do with this concept of standing outside of your body and looking into it and reflecting as to who you are? Uh, well, laughter is always good. Uh, <laughs> Self-criti- self-criticism is a tricky one because we all have this inner voice uh, that's called the inner critic that is saying you're no good, uh, you're not as good as the other person, uh, you're not beautiful, you're too fat, whatever it is. Um, and that is is not helpful um, because that just... Um, uh, prevents you from doing things that you really can do. So one of the things that we do in the focusing work is actually to try to find out more about this inner critic and what it's, uh, you know, why it's uh, passing these critical judgments on us. And usually, what what it turns out is that there's something there that it's worried about, that it's scared about. Um, but it takes a little time to see that. Hmm. Are, are concepts, are actual physical pains like heartache or you know, things like that, sadness, depression. Are there physical expressions of the body that are rooted in this concept of felt sense and, and particularly the, the felt sense or felt value scale being low? Is there a pain that you feel, in other words, if you're making the wrong decision about something? Uh, sure, there can be. I mean, it's not just pain. The uh, felt senses can come in many different varieties, but heartache is the closest because that describes uh, something that you're actually feeling in your body. And it doesn't mean that the, even when you say my heart is breaking, that doesn't mean I'm having a heart attack, um, but it's it's a very um, painful, strong sensation. And, uh, you know, and in that case, it's obvious we know it, but there are many that are more subtle than that that we miss and that that's what's important here back to that example of the ski trip versus visit with the wife on a special occasion mm-hmm. um, is it possible that in fact there would be more hurt more pain felt if that particular person went on the ski trip um, and therefore that's what made it a better decision to go with the wife in other words are we able to analyze the the, the negative downside of of, of right. that? Is, is that what causes the right decision to be made in your mind? Well, often I don't think it's necessarily so, but in the sense that we we avoid what is painful to us, you know, what doesn't feel good. Um, uh, yeah, and so often what doesn't feel good in a bodily way is a good guide. At least we have to listen to it and, and ask, you know, what's this about? Why am I not feeling good about this? Um, and that's, again, where if, if you're patient, uh, you can get new information. What, what is this really about? Um, and uh, so in the case of the ski trip, it... Um, you know, it had to do with the, um, um, this was a fellow in well into the 60s, and it had to do with the kind of youthful love of the adventure and physicality and being outdoors, all of which was very positive. Um, and, but, you know, letting that go <laughs> did not feel good. That was hard for him. Um, and so he had to spend some time to, to get that that was the right thing to do in this case. Do you think younger people in general are less in tune with this this concept? 
No, I wouldn't say that. You know, I think in in a sense it's uh, instinctive in children. They 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 usually are in touch with their felt sense, and then at some point, uh, probably in the uh, adolescent years and through our education and just the um, nature of our culture, uh, they lose the ability. Um, but um, it, uh, you know, the earlier that you cultivate it, the better off you are in life. And, and uh, but it can be at, at any age, really. How do you teach this methodology to other people, and how long does it take? It probably varies, of course, from person to person. But um, how, how does the actual practice work? Right. Well, I teach it uh, sometimes in weekend workshops. I just um, did one uh, in Massachusetts um, and sometimes in telephone classes or now uh, online classes. Uh, Sometimes I work with people one-on-one. Um, and what I do is, and, and this is reflected in the book, I have a series of very specific exercises. Um, some of them I'm guiding people, and they're kind of following in silence. And then a lot of it is done by having people in partnerships where they're taking turns. One person is just being the listener, just kind of holding the space, and the other person is doing the focusing, which means really trying to go deeper in themselves uh, with the help of of the listener, but the listener doesn't ask questions and doesn't say much of anything. Um, they just really are there to support the focusers' process. Hmm. If there's one thing you would like to, for for readers of your fine, fabulous book to get out of the book, what would it be? Um, I think it is to. Uh, realize that this quality called the felt sense or the body knowing is very real and it is neglected, it is ignored, um, especially in the speedy uh, technological, very conceptual, uh, over busy culture that we have. Uh, so I want to encourage people to. Uh, kind of take a chance um, and slow down, make the time to really see if they can get in touch with this because it will be extraordinarily beneficial for for everyone. Final series of questions. Who would you like to get a hold of you and how can they get a hold of you? Um, Well, you know, it, it, it could be anyone, um, but uh, I work a lot one-on-one with people who have um, um, challenges that they're facing. Uh, Sometimes it's in their personal life, sometimes it's in their educational life, and sometimes it's in their work life. Um, So it's it's somewhat like coaching, um, but it really is about supporting that person to find their inner wisdom rather than telling them what they ought to do. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. What websites can people go to to find you? Thank you. Yes, the website is um, com. Terrific. Well, it was great having you on the show today, David. Thank you very much. Uh, and thank you, Byron. It was a pleasure. Indeed. The book is 
Your Body Knows the Answer by David Rome. Hope it was a pleasure for you to hear him speak a little bit today about the book. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week on the Live Tip Show. Hope your life's a little smarter, better, faster, and wiser, and more in tune with what your body knows. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.